Welcome to the Coffee in the Barn. I'm Casey Bradley, President and Founder of the Sunswine Group. If you are thinking about entering, changing, advancing, or reinventing your career in the animal science industry, we are here to help you succeed. In each episode, we will cover a variety of topics surrounding work, life, and professional development, leveraging my 20 plus years as a global leader within the livestock industry and my ever-growing professional network to interview other leading professionals. We couldn't do this without our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. Reach out to us on our social media platforms or visit thesunswinegroup.com and subscribe now not to miss another episode. Hey guys, it's Marissa Larose, your host for today's episode of Coffee in the Barn. Are you interested in a career in animal science, but just can't quite pinpoint the right fit for you? Well, it's your lucky day. You've made it to the right spot. In this episode of Coffee in the Barn, we are excited to have Dan Simmons, a successful recruiter and keynote speaker, sharing his expertise on all things careers in the animal science industry. The segment for today's episode is taken from one of our recorded webinars, Career Opportunities in the Field of Animal Science, which you can find on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. Okay, good morning and thank you for joining. My name is Dan Simmons and greetings from coastal Delaware. I'm going to talk about career opportunities in the animal sciences today. Many, if not most, of the people who start out in animal science do so because they think they want to be a veterinarian. They want to heal all the animals. Most don't become veterinarians. Often it's because of organic chemistry. Uh, some people didn't like the surgeries. Some don't like the GPA you have to maintain for this. Others look at the student loan debt versus the starting salary. So with that, what they do is look at plan B. Popular options for plan B, live animal production, government, academia, not-for-profits, and industry. If you're looking for a plan B, what I want you to consider who you are. Most fresh grads don't last in their first job more than a year. It's because they got their BS or they got their MS or they got their PhD, and then the next thing they wanted was a J-O-B. And they didn't think about getting a career. They thought about getting a job. So I want you to think about these things. Do you prefer to deal with people, with data, with things? or with animals. These are different personality types. Some would rather work with people. Often they go into sales and marketing. Some work with data. That would be people that work with research, R&D, things. A lot of them go into manufacturing. Animals, thank God we have those people because that's where our food comes from. Look at how much you're willing to travel overnight. If you want to be home and have supper at your table every night, that's going to limit the type of work you can do. If you'd really like to be on the road, there are options for that. So we're going to look at how that's going to impact the quality of life you have, the lifestyle you have. And I want you to look at whether or not you should be in a barn, in a manufacturing or processing plant, whether you should be in an office or a lab, whether like Casey and I, you're working from a home office, whether you're in a classroom or you're writing grants or whether you're behind a windshield and then in a conference room. I want you to think about where you want to be, how much you want to travel, what you want to deal with, 
and the organization you want to be with? Do you structured or versus creative? Do you want a fast-paced environment or something that's slow and steady? Do you want to be with a big organization or a small one or maybe a startup? Do you want to work for a for-profit company? Or do you want to work for something that isn't focused on profit? Another thing you have to consider is you have to live where the animals are. The saddest story I, I had was the uh, PhD from North Carolina who just got her degree in dairy, science, dairy nutrition. She was going to be a dairy nutritionist. I said, great. Where do you want to go? And she said, well, I have to stay here in North Carolina. And I said, there aren't enough cows. She didn't think it all the way through. I don't know what she's doing, but she couldn't get the job she wanted that day because she didn't have the ability to be where the animals are. Not far from, I live on the Delaware coast, not far from here is a cow camp operation, a couple of them, but there aren't enough beef cattle for somebody to make a living supporting the beef cattle industry in Delaware. So you have to live where the animals are and your choice is going to impact your loved ones, whether you're going to be home every night or whether you're going to travel, how you handle stress, the proximity to family. How important is that? Some people want to be in the town they grew up in, live on the family farm. That's great. I swore up and down I wouldn't live in the county that I grew up in, and for the last 40-some years, I haven't. Depends upon how you want to be close to home or close to family. You want to look at whether advancement comes with relocation. You know, if you're going to, to climb the ladder, and that's important to you, you have to choose a company or choose a career where you can do that in one location if you don't want to move. Oftentimes, you'll have two professionals. And they don't necessarily have ruined career paths. You have to look at who's going to follow whose career. Sometimes that's done by paycheck. Sometimes that's done on who can work remotely and who can't. But you have to think about who's going to follow whose career. And whether you want the steady paycheck of a government job or an academic job, or whether you want the ability for a big win and you want to go into industry. Whatever it is, I want you to pick a job that matches your personality. And those six topics are a big part of it. But if you've chosen to work in live production, there are limiting factors. You have to live where the animals are. Normally, that's rural. And it's physical work in a lot of cases. But there are reasons to choose it. You want to work with the animals. You enjoy physical work. You'd like to work in a barn. Well, this could be you. If you want to do that type of work, there are job opportunities out there, either working for an independent producer, becoming a contract grower, work as a service rep or production manager. Most often, that's in poultry or swine. You can work for yourself. You can work for an independent farmer, or you can work for an integrated poultry or swine company. Those are the most common. You can go to work in government. Now, there are limiting factors with this. There are roughly 60 different employers for government, and that's it. And if you want to work for the federal government, most of those opportunities are around D.C. There are some sites here, hither and yon, but bulk of them are around the D.C. area. If you don't want to work for the federal government, but you want to be in government, you better be where the job is because you've got one Department of Agriculture per state. They're going to tell you where you're going to live, and you have to be able to put up with the bureaucracy it's there. But normally stable employment, there's a path for advancement, excellent benefits with government, and you don't need to relocate. 
So if that's you, here are some op- those are the options. And the types of roles you can look at, most common would be a data analyst. And thank heaven for them, because that's where we get the census of where the animals are. You can work in regulatory, and you can work in R&D. The types of employers that are out there for this, the USDA, the FDA, State Departments of Agriculture, State Veterinarians, the military has some options for people, the animal scientists. There are some counties that will have government roles for animal scientists. And there's some large metro areas. You want to work with horses or dogs, they will have things like that as well. Now you choose to work in academia. Now there are some limiting factors with academia. You have to live where the schools are. And there is no more than three in a state that I can think of that has an animal science department. And some of that, sometimes that counts private schools. In some cases, funding is dropping, particularly for extension agents. This past week, somebody told me they did not want to go into academia because they think the job is more about getting grant money, not research and teaching. That's not my point of view, but that came from an educated educator. And top jobs require a doctorate degree. So those are limiting factors. But people choose this because they desire to teach. They want to do research work. They like the location. So if those things work for you, and these are the types of jobs you want, you want to be in basic or applied research and development. You want to work in extension, which can be a very gratifying career. You want to be a professor. You've got two types of options. You've got your state land grant universities. And if you don't like what's going on, with the one that employs you, you have to relocate to go to the next one. There are some private universities that have animal science program. Uh, Wilmington University in Ohio comes to mind. Delaware Valley College in Pennsylvania comes to mind. Berry College, I believe is Georgia, comes to mind. But these are few and far between. And if I can put them on my fingers, there's not many of them. So your choices are most commonly the state land grant universities. There are limiting factors with not-for-profits. The compensation office often lags other sectors. Location. These aren't everywhere. Sometimes there's a lack of advancement opportunities. In fact, in most of the trade associations, there's a lack of advancement opportunities. And many not-for-profits lack sufficient funding for sustainability. But you will feel as though you're making a difference. And you can make a fabulous impact. And some of these organizations have plenty of money and have a real voice. And there are different types of organizations like this. There's research organizations. There's trade associations. Obviously, there's the zoos and scientific associations. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you some examples of those. The opportunities you can have there would be a farm manager, a researcher, member communications, communication and marketing, member recruitment government relations, and animal caretakers. Those are the most common job titles I've found in a not-for-profit. And the types of employers, there are research farms. Two that I know most about are the Noble Foundation in Oklahoma and the Minor Institute in Shazy, New York. There are lots of trade associations, like the National uh, NCBA, Beef Association, Poultry and Egg, that promote industry. Then there's the Scientific Societies, Poultry Science Association, American Dairy Science Association, American Society of Animal Sciences. These have full-time employees. If you want to look at a not-for-profit, 
check these out. If you don't know what to do in your career, this is an interesting way to start. And obviously, there's the Zooms. Or you can go into industry. The limiting factors. The presenter doesn't see anything. Your host doesn't see anything. In case you didn't see it. Reasons to choose. You're feeding the world. There's career advancement. It's practical application of science. There are lots of employment options. Some of the jobs work from home. And the income potential is truly unlimited. If you're going to do this, the types of jobs that are most commonly out there is to be a veterinarian, work in a clinic, or have a small practice. And that can be a lucrative way to go. In many cases, it is physically demanding, but it's a great place to start. Technical support, very popular. I don't want to sell the product. I want to explain the science behind the product. Or I don't want to have to be responsible for the relationship with the producer, but I want to help the producer. Then there's product development, basic R&D. I want to create the right animal health product to solve this problem with pigs. That is why I was put on earth. Well, this is the type of job for you, that product development. Then there's those who feed the animals, write the diets, animal nutritionists and the formulators. If you're looking at those roles, most often are going to have a doctorate degree. The formulators will have a bachelor's or a master's degree. If you're looking at formulation, I would look at a master's degree. And this is someone who likes to be in one place all the time, likes a steady paycheck, likes to understand what's going on, has a variety of things to do during the day. But if five o'clock is done and they have applied their science and their knowledge to help with the diets or to help make certain that the quality of the product going out is right. Then there's sales. Ooh, sales. No, sales is solving problems for people. That's all it is. It's a great way to go. There's an unlimited income potential. I know salespeople out there earning $400,000 plus a year, and they feel great about solving problems for their customers. There's manufacturing operations. Whether you're working in a feed mill, whether you're working in animal, uh, animal processing, there are a lot of manufacturing operations for animal scientists, particularly if you're looking at food safety. Food safety is one of the fastest growing niches in animal sciences right now. In fact, we're starting to devote resources to developing that client base, where 10 years ago, we wouldn't even think about it. So if you're looking at manufacturing operations, one of the fastest growing areas, food safety and quality assurance. There's also marketing and product promotion. The types of employers you're going to work with, food production companies, the Tysons, the Pilgrims, the Mount Air Farms. The feed companies, Land O'Lakes, Kent, Hubbard, Alltech. The nutrition products companies, Biomin, Adiseo, Nutrafirma, Kemen, these types of, of companies. The genetics companies, whether it's AI, the AI companies in dairy and beef, or you work for those in the poultry or the swine industry, there are opportunities there as well. A big part of this now is animal health and pharma. Now, animal health is the piece of it that is non-pharmaceutical, and that is a big area of growth right now. 
the prebiotics, the eubiotics, the probiotics, that is a big area of growth because we're not vaccinating animals like we were. So there's lots of opportunities there. So if you're looking for a career and a career growth, this is an area you can look at. And there's also genetics. These are the types of companies that will employ you in industry. These are the types of roles most commonly found for people that have a graduate degree in the animal sciences. Now, earlier today, Casey talked about the need to network and the idea that you should communicate with people, get their ideas, build relationships. And at this point, I would normally be plugging the idea of attending conferences and trade shows. So I'm recommending more than ever that you do this do this through social media. And if you want to explode your LinkedIn network, if we have not connected yet, you can explode your network by linking to me. I have 10,000 first level connections, most of them in the animal sciences. So feel free to link to me. I accept all invitations of people in the animal sciences. If you're not in North America, please send me a note that you attended Coffee and Careers, and I'd be happy to accept your invitation. We host a group called the Animal Science Monitor that connects 4,500 people. It is monitored, but it's open to members to discuss and promote whatever they'd like to promote. So, Marissa, you've been listening and participating in all of the Coffee and Careers and Animal Science webinars this last year. How has that helped you decide your career path? I think I've taken a lot away from the webinars, but one of the biggest things that I've taken away from the webinar is defining what my ideal career may look like, which may be that I'm willing to relocate and to travel. That means that I'm going to land a career with a company that has career advancement opportunities or a good company culture. What do you not want to do in your career? From my experience in the webinars and my experience in grad school, I've kind of um, paved the path that I don't want to be super involved in the research and development side of things. I think that's just a personal uh, perspective and definitely a big takeaway moving into my career. Well, that maybe breaks my heart just a little bit because, you know, research, I'm still nerdy about that. (laughs) But I think I've seen you grow a lot. In case the audience did not know, Marissa has been our alpha test on our externship or what we're going to call our accelerator program for students. So Marissa has been organizing coffee and careers in 2021 and has done a remarkable job. She's come a long ways, but what I really noticed about Marissa, she really shines when she's around people and she's really social. And so I really can respect the fact that she doesn't want to be hidden in that research bar and taking samples, and she wants to explore and do new things. And so here at the Sunswine Group, we're really proud to have Marissa. We're really excited about the career opportunities. My key takeaway from Dan's talk that was represented in this episode was the fact that I wish I would have had somebody go through that with me when I was younger, and I would have made decisions differently. For instance, when I finished my PhD, we tried to move back home. So we chose a job that was in the right location for our families, but probably wasn't maybe the best career option for me at the time. But what I can also say that is your life changes as you get older. You may be considering a career move 20 years from now, 
And you need to ask yourself, do I want to travel? Can I travel? A lot's changed in my career and those decisions and those job choices I've made in my career have changed because of family needs, professional needs, you know, income's always nice. So I made those decisions. I've had the opportunity to travel the world, meet people all over the world. But at the time, that travel takes a toll. When you really think about that, you just can't imagine what it's like because you're just pushing through school, trying to get done. But even in your career, have you sat back, if you're a professional listening to this, and putting down a list of the absolute must-haves in a job and the things that you don't want to have? Marissa obviously doesn't want to be stuck in a barn, even though she likes coffee in the barn. She doesn't want to be there. She wants to be around people. So I think that's kind of really important. The other promising statement that she made is that she's willing to travel today but I venture to guess if I asked Marissa in 10 years from now I wonder if that answer would be the same thing so keep that in mind as you navigate your career will that career change or be flexible enough and you know Marissa made a great point career advancement so she's already looking at companies where she can grow professionally versus having to jump jobs but that also gives her that flexibility to say, hey, I may take a sales role today and be willing to travel 60 to 80% of the time, but five to 10 years from now, that hopefully that company has something else from her if that need changes in her life. So kind of think about that. And, that, and she made that point about culture in that, right? In that decision of what career I want. I like a mix. I like to be on the farm with the animals, I like to interact with people. I like to discuss science. I like to follow the data. I do like to travel a little bit because that king size bed, some nights by myself without two dogs, a husband, and a son is it's enjoyable sometimes, not always. But there's a lot of things to take away from this episode. And I really hope these points really help you drive home what really that you really want in life. And Dan has said it best. Don't think about getting a job. Think about getting a career. And there may be parts of your job that you don't like to do in the beginning, but it's for the long haul. It's part of that career. You may have to put in the time and the investment and do some things that you may not like to get to where you are. Because I can remember Dr. Gary Dial, when I worked for New Fashion Pork, in between my bachelor's and my master's degree, he put me on a power washer and processing pigs for a month. Crickets, nothing. And he, you know, when I said, is there something else I could be doing? Is there something more I could do? And he said, we just put you through that to test you. We knew that there's more potential in you, but you have to start somewhere. You have to realize that every job's important. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion. You can watch the replay of this webinar along with the rest of our webinar replays on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. And now we would like to also thank our sponsors once again, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. We are gracious that you support us in this journey. Before we go, are you finding it difficult to create your own version of success? Do you even know what success looks like for you? Well, if you don't, I suggest that you reach out to the Sunswine Group by visiting our website and booking your free next steps. We'll discuss your career and how the Sunswine Group can help you navigate that. 
because our model is simple. We make pigs and dreams fly. Our mission is to share knowledge, to mentor future leaders, and transform innovation while creating a neural network of expertise to help any person, including you, any animal, or any company succeed. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to check out our socials. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Coffee and Careers and Animal Science or Instagram at coffee.and.careers. And remember, life is short. Drink your coffee in the barn.